0: How are we all? We're good? Thank you so much for joining us here tonight, whether that's here in the building or whether you're joining us from online. I think it's great that we have this opportunity to gather together, whether it's here, whether it's on your couch, whether it's in your room, whether it's at work, wherever it is, we have a great opportunity to gather together and let God speak to our hearts. Hey, I love it when we come together. God always does something great. That song Waymaker, God's a waymaker, he's a miracle worker. I'm believing for God to do stuff in each of our hearts tonight. Um, I'm going to get right into it, hey? Well, first I just thank my wife, Izzy. She's at home with my sick son. So thanks for letting me come and do what God's called me to do, I guess. Yeah. So this word tonight, um, this is right up front. This is something that I've, this has been an on and off struggle for me the entire time I've known Jesus. And I don't believe it's a struggle that's alone, that I'm alone in. I believe this is actually something that we all face. Um, seven years ago, in the second last week of September, like two months ago, so 2013, that's when I met Jesus. Almost to the day I can remember it. And I'd been invited to church like 500 times by Jared Hills, great friend of mine. And like I'm eternally grateful for him for not giving up because that night I came to church and I heard about Jesus. And Pastor Chris was preaching on relationships. And at that time in my life, relationship was probably the only relatable topic I could get out of a church because I loved living broken relationships. I loved making poor choices around it uh, and basically putting my life into a pit. And I was in this moment where I'd come out of a broken relationship that I came to church and relationships were the topic, and I started hearing about a relationship that Jesus wanted to have with me. And this was a story that was totally different from every other story I'd heard about Jesus before. I'd grown up, I'd been to a Catholic church a couple of times, I'd went to religious education in school, I had a mate in high school that used to Bible bash me with Scripture every time I made a poor choice, and it was all about how I was going to hell. This relationship Jesus wanted to have with me, this gospel, the good news that I heard that night was totally different from everything that I'd ever heard. And it was what I actually needed to hear. I need I was in a place where I needed a God that would bring me out of darkness and into light, that would give me a hope for a future, not just rubbish. That was all I could foresee for my life. And so it's this message of Jesus. That I heard, and it's that Jesus that I met that night. And Jesus met me right in my brokenness, in the mess of the life I was in. He met me right there, and he began to walk with me day by day. And we went on this journey together. And if we fast forward a few years, I've been walking with Jesus for a while, just step by step, day by day. I've through what he was doing in me, I was able to overcome incredibly bad habits. I was able to make positive choices that led me into the future. He was uh, showing me just piece by piece. I was living this life. That was totally different from where I was several years prior. Yet something was different about that relationship from than from the first day that I met Jesus. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the time, and it's only in hindsight that I'm able to look back and understand what was actually going on. But basically, when I first met Jesus, I'm going to admit this to you guys, okay? Are we okay if I admit something? Yeah. I'm a human. Yep. And I don't know. I hope many of us here tonight are humans as well. But because I'm a human, I'm not perfect, And so I would make mistakes, right? And when I first met Jesus and I knew he met me in my brokenness, I'd make these mistakes and I'd be like, you know what? That that was not a good choice, but that's okay. Because I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to make a better choice next time I'm in that position. And so I would do that. And over time, these small steps would bring incredible life change. But years down the track, I began handling mistakes differently. Instead of looking at them going, you know what? It's okay. Jesus still loves me. I'd beat myself up. I'd go, you know what, Matt, that's not right. You did the wrong thing. You need to get right with God. Uh, You're living the wrong way. And instead of learning and growing, I would just beat myself up, tear myself down. I'd start telling myself things like, you know, you're not good enough. You're not good enough for what God's got for me. You're not doing the right thing, so you're not going to experience the right life that God's got for you. And that'd lead to thoughts like, if you can't get this little thing right, how are you going to get the rest of the life God's got for you right? And I'd write myself off, I'd rip myself apart, and I'd sit in this negative rabbit hole of how I'm not good enough for what God's got for me. And I'd sit there for a while, and these thoughts would circle around my brain. And eventually, I'd start pulling away from God. Not that I didn't believe in Him and what Jesus had done to restore that relationship. It was more the fact that I was guilty, and I didn't want to be around God. I'd pull away from Him, and then something, some time would pass. Something would slap me in the face and be like, Matt, you need to get right with God. Your life's not going well. You need to get right. You start doing all the right things. So I started doing all the right stuff. I'd only listen to worship music, listen to Christian podcasts. I'd pray all the time, journal as much as possible, read scripture, do all the right things that we know as Christians are the right thing to do. But nothing would change. Nothing would change. And I'd end up making mistakes, beating myself up, tearing myself down, writing myself off, running away from God, requiring a slap in the face to do all the right things again. I began this cycle, this negative cycle downwards in my relationship with God. And I tell you guys this because I'm a human and I don't think that this is something only I've struggled with. I believe this is actually something that maybe you can relate to some of that story, maybe you can relate to all of that. I believe that this is something we've all struggled with as people on one level or another. I want to ask you guys just to pause for a moment. I want you guys to think of a moment where... Maybe you didn't necessarily earn it or deserve it in a moment, but someone gave you an incredibly meaningful gift or an experience, not because of what you'd done or who you were in that moment. Can can you guys think of a moment like that in your life where you've received something even though you didn't necessarily deserve it? Just pause there, think for that in a moment. Those moments. Those are moments where we feel total, uninhibited acceptance. I felt a moment like that when I first met Jesus, that it didn't matter who I was or what I was doing or the choices I was making, or the life I was leading. I felt in the moment that I met Jesus, total, uninhibited acceptance. And it's these moments in life we all experience at points in our life. And it's these moments that I believe we feel totally at home, at peace in. Yet humanity tends to creep back into our lives. We begin trying to work hard to experience that feeling again, trying to do the right things, make the right choices, live the right way. And when we try and make all these right choices, we actually lose the feeling of total uninhibited acceptance and replace it with a, like a, a self-rating system that relies on our successes and failures. And we, we can get the results from that from our successes and failures, we feed that back into our self-worth, our value, and ultimately, our spiritual life. We start applying our successes and failures to our relationship with God. And it's this mentality I want to speak into tonight. I want to ask you guys the question, are you working too hard? Are you working too hard on building the self-rating system? Are you working too hard on doing all the right things to experience the feeling you want to experience with God? Are you working too hard? And it was in those shoes that I found myself, that I was working too hard. And that's a mindset that, where does it even come from? When you think about it though, where does that mindset even come from? Where, if you've ever experienced a moment where you received something you didn't necessarily deserve and you feel a total uninhabited acceptance, where does the mindset of we've got to work for it come from? Yeah, wow. This is a mindset that Scripture speaks into pretty often, I believe. And I love that when you open Scripture, when you open the Bible, There's so much speaking into so many things in our world. I'm yet to find something Scripture doesn't speak into. And it's into this we want to look at tonight. If you've got your Bibles with you, Romans chapter 4 is where we're going to go. Now, Romans. Romans is written by Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he's writing it to the Romans, right? And a fun fun fact is uh, Romans is a letter written to the plebs. The plebs. The word plebeian, it's a, a... Latin word just means the Roman commoners, to the average Joe citizen. People like us, right? Paul was writing to the plebs. I love this. This That's just a fun fact for the day. Hey, um, but Paul is writing here and he's writing this letter addressing people who were law-abiding Jews, following Old Testament law, all 613 commandments of the Old Testament. And they would believe that that was the way to get right with God. And he's also writing it to people that had just met Jesus and were trying to Figure out what this journey looked like and what being right with God was actually about. And I love that throughout the book of Romans, the letter that Paul has written, he's comparing so many things, helping people understand this. And in chapter four, he gets to this thought. He starts talking about Abraham. And you can read about Abraham in Genesis. uh, This story uh, of this Abraham's the father of faith for the Israelites. And he's going on this journey, discovering who God is. He's discovering how good God is, especially compared to gods of the day. I mean, gods of the day said, if you want to make me happy, kill your kids. And Abraham found out God says, don't kill your kids, mate. It's okay. I mean, I like that story as a father, right? (laughs) So Abraham, he's talking about Abraham's journey. And what I love about this is Paul doesn't talk about the things Abraham does. He doesn't talk about what the good choices or the bad choices Abraham made. Because let me tell you, there's plenty of both of them. But instead, he writes that his Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness, and we're going to get to that word soon. But Abraham's faith was what credited was credited to him as righteousness. And he says in chapter uh, verse four, chapter four, when people work, they earn wages. I love that Paul writes this in such an applicable term. Like we can understand this today, right? This is in the Passion Translation. When people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. It continues. Verse 5, no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works, but believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly, we'll get to that word soon, who powerfully declares them to be righteous in his eyes. It's faith that transfers God's righteousness into your life. This passage of scripture, this lead up to this scripture I believe is so powerful when it comes to breaking a mindset that declares works is the way to go, which is actually not the way Jesus is declared. It's not the message I heard of Jesus. It's not the relationship Jesus wants me to have with Him. That's a relationship that's not based on works, and that's the mindset we need to be in. So let's make some observations from that. Number one is that our human perception of work has a reward. Who's had a job here before? Most of us. I know for me, when I was 14... My first ever job it was a glamorous job. It was a highly paid job. It was the luxury of washing dishes in a busy restaurant, just a couple of nights a week. But you know what? My first ever week, I worked three shifts, maybe in 12 hours. I got paid 75 bucks cash in hand, $75 when I was 14 years old. Now, my history of uh, earning money before that was you get $2 a week for taking the bins out, washing the dishes, uh, sometimes mowing the lawn. Like, that's like 20 bucks a term. I earned $75 in one week. Man, and do you know what I learned from that? Is if I work hard, get more shifts. More shifts, more dollars. More dollars, more things. And I, I learned that working hard brings me an income. And this isn't is just the same for work. This is something that applies all across life. You think of study. If you want to get great results at school or uni, you better put in that effort to study. And when you do, you get great results. Think about your fitness. If you exercise harder than last time, you're going to get fitter. You're going to experience the results. If you want to buy a house, you've got to save. If you don't save, you're not buying a house. But if you save, you work hard at managing your budget, you're going to buy a house. When we work hard, we earn a result. Right? You think about any goal, passion, talent, hobby, anything. If you want to get better at it, you've got to work at it because the result you get is a direct correlation to the effort you put in. And that's a great mindset when it comes to life. Like, if you don't have that mindset when it comes to life, you will find yourself becoming lazy. We need that mindset to succeed, right? There's just a small issue with it doesn't apply to our relationship with God. If we apply that that mindset to our relationship with God, we start doing all the right things. As I found myself, we start journaling, we have worshiping, we're listening to the music, we're in church, the hand's in the air. We're doing all the right things, but actually nothing changes. We're doing the right things for the wrong reasons. We can't earn this. Our human perception is that when we work hard, we get a reward. But that's not what God says, which leads us to observation number two. God's righteousness is free for everyone, yeah. absolutely everyone. Now, words kind of matter here. Have you guys ever read a piece of scripture that was a bit weird because it had some weird words in it? You look at them and you're like, that's a weird word for them to use. I, if we can get the scripture back up on the screen, there's some weird words in this, words like ungodly and righteous, righteousness. If we think of ungodly, we have a connotation of that word that refers to someone's behavior. or the choices they're making, we go, oh my gosh, that is ungodly. That thing that they're doing is ungodly. And we start referring to someone's behavior. But in the original language, the word didn't refer to someone's behavior. To put it simply, it was referring to someone who wasn't yet on the journey with God. Not necessarily their behavior. Righteousness. We look at that word and it's got some Christianese behind it about our pure living, but that's not what that original word was meaning. It was simply referring to the state in which we ought to be with God. And if I know the the gospel that was preached to me, that I wholeheartedly believe in is that the state in which I ought to be with God is in relationship with him, not pure living. Relationship with Jesus will bring life change, but it's not about behavior modification. So the state in which we ought to be with God, which then says this to me, that verse says something different. It says God hasn't got a cutoff point. He hasn't got a bar to jump over. He hasn't got a standard because it's not about what we do. It's about grace and that that grace is free for everyone. Then Paul goes on to write in the next chapter that this grace comes as a result of what Jesus did for us while we were still sinners. And not, he's not calling us out saying we're being bad people. He's just saying, what well, while we still had a bit of sin in our lives, which is last time I checked, all of us, including me, while we were still living away from God, Jesus came to restore the relationship between us and God. I love this. I love that Paul is writing. He's, he's telling people that followed the law, the rules, and he's telling people that are trying to figure it all out, that it's not about the rules which leads to number three. observation number three. Faith is the key to experiencing the fulfillment of the experience God wants you to have with Him. Yeah. It's the key. It's the absolute key. If we don't land on this, we're going to miss the point. If we rely on our own ability to experience the fulfillment of the, uh, the life God has for us, we're going to have a bad time. What's that mean? Is like, you're going to have a bad time. You know, we spoke about this yo-yo effect. I experienced it when I tried to do all the right things to to make myself right with God. It didn't lead anywhere good. It just pushed me further into a negative place. It's not about what we do. It's about the faith that we have. We've just got to have a bit of faith. What's faith though? Like really? It's a weird question. It's a question I think means something individual to each and every one of us, what faith is. But faith to me, it might look like, You're facing a tough choice and you just reach out. It's like, God, I don't even know who you are, if you even exist, but I need a bit of help. I I can't think I can do this on my own. That's faith. It might even be waking up, rolling out of bed, jumping up, going, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Oh, I can't wait for the miracles you're going to produce in my life every day. That's faith. Getting up here on platform, sharing what Jesus has done in your life and why you want to be baptized, that's faith. Waking up every morning and saying yes to the infinite possibilities of Jesus, as Pastor Shane Willard loves to say, that's faith. Faith is not one thing or the other. It's all of those and everything in between. I love this about faith. It's the moment that we take our own strength, our own ability, our own works, we take that away and we put our trust in Jesus. It's the moment when we stop relying on our own ability, our own strength, our own works and place it in Jesus. That's faith. That's the key to faith. It's waking up every day, taking small steps, following the inkling God puts on your heart to make a slight adjustment, reading scripture and going, I probably should think about doing that and thinking about doing that. It's those small steps where you're just walking the journey with Jesus. It's not about what you do to earn the way which you ought to be with God. It's about putting your trust off your own stuff, putting your trust in Him, in Jesus. Now, when I read this scripture a while ago and reread it recently, some questions begin to form in me. Because as I said, this is not something I've conquered. This is something that I still struggle with. I still walk through and I believe it's something we all walk through. These questions that God put in my heart, I believe that they're powerful for each and every one of us. So, and what, I mean, what's the point of hearing good preaching if you're not going to wrestle with it? So I've got these questions. I want to share them with you guys. Number one, are you working too hard? I asked that earlier. Are you working too hard on what it is to be right with God? Are you trying to do all the right things? And experiencing no result. And which leads me to ask this one, why? Why are you working too hard? I think it's really important we recognize exactly where we're at, exactly why we're doing things, because we can't change if we don't know where we're at. We need a point of reference to move into, we need to know what where we're at so that we can move forward into the future that God's got for us, so we can stop working too hard and start trusting Jesus, start putting our faith in Him. Number two, and question there on the screen: Are you relying on your own ability? Or are you putting your trust, your faith in Jesus as you journey together? When we rely on our own ability, been there, you're going to have a bad time. Put your faith in Jesus. And number three, is your heart in it? The easiest way to identify if your heart's in it is being able to identify your why. If you don't know why you're doing something, you'll end up doing it out of obligation. If you don't know why you journal you'll do it out of obligation. If you don't know why you pray, you'll do it because you feel like you should talk to God. If you don't know why you worship, you'll do it because everyone else does and you feel the music makes you feel good or whatever. What's your why? If you can name the why behind what you're doing, your heart's in it. But if you're doing it out of a sense of obligation, you're simply placing your own trust in your own works. You're not placing your faith in Jesus. When we know why we do the things we do, we know why we want to pursue who Jesus is. When we know why we want to pursue what God's got for our life, you will experience the fulfillment of the life that Jesus has got for you. You'll experience the state in which you ought to be. Can I encourage you, those questions, write them down, think about them, pray about them, because as I said, we need to know where we're at so that we can bring life change. We need to wrestle with this stuff so that we can walk with Jesus as he's got for us. Can I encourage us tonight? As I was thinking about is this message, what God's put on my heart, I, just, I tend to like write and just ramble right as the way to get my thoughts onto a piece of paper, and I, just, I rewrote the verse, and I'm not saying I'm writing it better than what Paul wrote it, but I wrote it in a way that spoke to me that it was something that I could remember. in that I just wrote, "No one earns experiencing the state in which we ought to be with God through what we do. We can only experience the state." The relationship. When we stop worrying about what we can do, we stop worrying about the actions that we're taking, the decisions that we're making, and instead place our faith, our trust in the God in Jesus, who declares that even those people who don't know Him are in the right place. Even those people who are still on the journey are in the right place. That who declares even though we're messy, we're human, we make mistakes, we're in the right place. The one who totally accepts who we are without inhibition. It's the faith that allows us to truly experience the relationship with God. I encourage you tonight, working hard is cool in life. But when it comes to your relationship with God, put your faith in Him. The rest will come. If you put your faith in God, the rest will come. Why don't we stand? I want to pray for us all this evening. Jesus, I just thank you so much that you've got a personal interest in each and every one of us, that you love us so much. That it doesn't matter who we are, or where we're at, the decisions that we make, the place we find ourselves does none of that matter is because you just want to meet us who we are. We are enough. I thank you that you see us as enough. That no matter who we are, what we do, we're enough in your eyes and that you want to meet and engage every single one of us tonight. Lord, I just, I just pray you would speak to each and every one of us about what we're doing. Are we doing it for the wrong reasons or are we doing it because we want to pursue more of you? I just declare that we are each going to spend more time thinking about our faith and about why we're doing it, that we're actually going to place our faith, not just in, in, in our works, we're going to place our faith in you, Jesus. I thank you so much that right now your many hearts, wherever they're at, in Jesus' name, amen. And tonight I've spoken a lot about our relationship with Jesus, and maybe you're here and you wouldn't say you're on that journey yet, uh, but something about tonight, maybe there's an inkling in you that says, I want to find out a bit more about this journey. Can I just encourage you, hey, don't brush that inkling aside explore this, I can wholeheartedly encourage you that Jesus will meet you right where you're at. He'll meet you wherever you are on that journey. I want to encourage you, if that is you tonight, if you're like, yep, I, I need to explore this journey more, uh, I need to pursue, maybe find out more information or trying to seek God for who He is, I want to encourage you. We want to help you on that journey. We would love, uh, Pastor Michael's going to bring a bit more information about that, but I would encourage you, if that's you on that journey tonight, don't brush aside. take action on it. Yes. Hey, Thanks so much for letting me share what's on my heart, what God's put on my heart with you tonight. Pray it speaks to you in your week and uh, have a great week.